0: get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer.
1: And I am Dori Shafrir. And we're not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums.
0: And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, we share your comments and your thoughts, and we answer your questions to the absolute best of our ability.
1: But please do remember, we are podcast hosts, we are not experts, and we always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a medical and or mental health professional as needed.
0: If you want to reach us, which we hope you do, our voicemail number is 781-591-0390 and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes. And you can visit our website forever35podcast.com for links to everything we mentioned on the show. We also have a shop my shelf at shopmyshelf.us slash forever35. You can follow us on Twitter at forever35pod on Instagram at forever35podcast and join the forever35 Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash forever35podcast. The password is Serums. And you can sign up for our newsletter, which is on hiatus for the month of July. But you can still sign up at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter.
0: Nailed it. We nailed, <laughs> nailed it. it. We <laughs> nailed that intro. Um, hello from the past. Uh. We are recording this before we take the month of July off, but we are here with you in your ears and it feels good to be here on this the day after my 43rd birthday. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm not like a big future person. You. Yeah, but I'm 43 now. Yeah, you are 43 now. Wow. I feel like for some reason, I feel like blabbing about it this year, you know? Like, I normally am just like, whatever. But this year, I'm kind of like, hey, everybody, it's me and it's my birthday.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know? I'm leaning into it, Uh, I guess. I, I mean, I love this for all of us, quite frankly. Thank you.
0: Um, I did also um, want to note, just in the realm of serum story, I did put on the Osea Hyaluronic C Serum today, and I haven't used that ooh. before. Mm-hmm, and my face ooh. feels very soft. I mean, it's one-time use, but I really like their ooh. products. Yeah, their products are really nice. Yeah.
1: I, they, I agree. Have, mm,
0: thank you. And you agree that I'm glowing?
1: You are glowing. I the this morning that – have I taken a shower since Thursday? I'm not sure. Today's Tuesday.
0: What even is time? I mean, we are we are living through national trauma after national trauma, you know? Like what Yeah why even worry about it? You know? If you don't remember, just get in there and scrub. Or if not, live your life. I know. (sighs) What is personal hygiene anyway? Honestly, I don't know. I, I exercise today and sweat a lot, and then I just put on regular clothes. I, I wash my face but and put not on deodorant. Yeah, right?
1: Like, who do I have to impress? <laughs> I, I mean, not me, that's for sure. No,
0: no. You and I are separated right now. I have a dog in the office. She doesn't care.
1: <sighs> um, Kate, before we get into what we were going to talk about, I did just think of something that I just wanted to mention, He's which it is I feel like I've finally gotten better at crossword puzzles.
0: Wow. In what way? Like you understand the like inside pun that they're pushing or.
1: I think I'm you get like the twist. I'm getting the twist. So, you know, the New York times, as I'm sure a lot of people know, they publish a crossword every day and they get progressively harder. Um, throughout the week. So Monday is the easiest. And then Saturday is the hardest. And then Sunday, I think they've said is like a Thursday level like a Wednesday, Thursday level, like Sunday is not the hardest, the hardest. It's it's the longest and the biggest, but it's not the hardest. The hardest is Saturday.
0: Yeah. I live with a crossword fanatic. So this is my life. I
1: used to like, I used to be able to pretty consistently get Monday and Tuesday and like Wednesday I could like sometimes get, and then I could never get the rest of the week. And I would, I would like, half finished, maybe half finished Sunday. If I like half finished Sunday, I would be like, oh, that was a pretty good week. And I was always like, I do not get these people who can like get these Saturday. Like it's just, I didn't understand it. And now I think like thanks to the pandemic, I just have been doing more and more crosswords. And after a while, like with anything, you start to notice these patterns and you start to notice like certain words that appear over and over because they have like, a particular combination of letters that is like helpful for crosswords. And so you're like, Oh, now I know that like whenever there's a, there's a clue about a tide, it's a neap tide. Who oh the fuck God. knew what a neap tide was? You know what I mean? So it's like all those sort of little things like that. Um, but I got every crossword last week.
0: Whoa. Congratulations. That's tough. Thank
1: you. So this felt like a big milestone for me. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my fellow
0: crossword heads. What's up? Cross you. That's what you got. You call yourselves Cross- crossword heads? heads. Crossheads. Crossheads. Wordies. <laughs> Wordies. Crossheads
1: <laughs> doesn't quite <laughs> flow off the tongue. It does not roll off the tongue. Um, I'll workshop this. There's gotta be some nickname Puzzlers? for crossword
0: fanatics. Oh god.
1: <laughs> crossword fanatics might be what is the name for crossword enthusiasts? Mm, what do you call someone who does crossword pr- puzzles? Oh, a cruciverbalist.
0: <laughs> oh god, I'm I'm like already annoyed. A what? <sighs>
1: A verbalist, a person skillful in creating or solving crossword puzzles.
0: You know, I respect you people. I like a good People magazine crossword. I the time I get annoyed at the crossword. It just feels too like smug to me. The way it incorporates some sort of like witty joke, or just it drives me nuts. My husband loves it, so I hear like I I hear I about it, that. but I never do it. Once in a while, I'll do the tiny ones, which I enjoy. But I'm I'm here for like a celebrity crossword puzzle.
1: I totally hear that. And I will say something that has been that is funny to me about the Times Crossword in particular is like forever. It was just dominated by like crusty white men mm. who had like, all, you know, very similar sort of like intellectually elitist clues. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And now, you know, the times to their credit, oh, I'm, to their credit, but like a little late, but like at least they're late, doing yeah. it now. Yeah. They are, they are trying to like diversify their stable of crossword puzzle constructors. And so there have been a bunch of puzzles where the clues are cl- clearly more like contemporary. Like there was a, there was an answer in a recent puzzle that was sorority squat. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. And then, and so, and then every day someone writes an article like about the crossword that day and kind of goes over all the clues. And the commenters in that, of that article are generally on the older, more traditional side of things. And so it's been really interesting to see the comments on some of these more contemporary puzzles. Like people are like, I didn't know what this was, and like complaining about it, and I'm like, oh, oh, "Oh, this is interesting. This is very interesting."
0: Wow, there's a generational divide in the crucifer f- 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 word. What was that word? Crucifonis? Yes, the cruciverbalist
1: Cru- were. Yeah, <laughs> cruciverbalist. Is that what is that what I said? It yeah.
0: sounds like. Doesn't it sound like one of the dinosaur time periods?
1: It sounds like crucifixion.
0: <laughs> yes, it's
1: quite a choice. Yeah. Look, I didn't make it up, so...
0: No, no, you didn't. Well, I'm proud um,
1: of you. Thank you. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Would love to hear from my fellow Forever 35 Cruciverbalists. Now, Kate. Yes. We wanted to read an email. Do you want to read it?
0: Yeah, we got an email recently from a listener that has really stayed on my mind. They wrote to us and they said, I discovered your podcast during the pandemic and have enjoyed it immensely. So much so that I have went back and have been listening to old episodes and have really been enjoying and have been really enjoying hearing about your individual journeys and discoveries. But lately... I've been thinking about this idea of parasocial relationships. I'm grappling with the idea that I really enjoy hearing about your lives, ways you both are growing, learning, or even your thoughts about things that are going on in the world, all which feels intimate as if I am invited into your world. And yet we don't have an intimate relationship. You do not know of my existence. I've heard other listeners refer to you as if we're all friends on this podcast, and it's a lovely community you've built where people have met outside the airwaves with each other. Thanks to this podcast. And yet, Most of us listeners are not friends with both of you in real life. I am not expecting you both to solve this dilemma for me. I am wondering if you have ever grappled with this personally, and if you have any thoughts about this. I feel embarrassed for asking this and preparing myself that you may not want to discuss this on air. Surprise. We do. (laughs) What an interesting question. You know, the first... Thing I would say is that it's something I've thought about personally as a human because I certainly have had and continue to have parasocial relationships with people. And I have had them, I think, as like for 20 something years, as I've always been interested in people living their lives on the internet. And in like the late 90s, there were some of these people like just taping their lives on these cameras that would update like every three to five seconds. Mm. And I was obsessed. And then they would write like journals and they would essentially document their whole lives online for people to see. It was very kind of experimental at the time. Like now we're all doing that via social media. But at the time... It was super weird. And also, they had to install webcams around their home. They couldn't, they didn't just have a camera on their smartphone, right? So it was completely different. And I found myself feeling very close to these people who had no idea who I was Mm. and very intimately involved in their lives, similarly to how you're describing. And now in the year 2022, you know, I do that with the people whose podcasts I listen to, people I follow on. Instagram, TikTok. I mean, certainly, I think this is something we all do. Dory, you Mm -hmm. too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that the rise of social media has just kind of enabled the growth of these types of relationships. And, you know, I will say, as someone who has been on the other side of, um, What you're describing, listener, it, it is sometimes a little weird. Like when I have met people who only know me through the podcast, like there is a kind of imbalance, like they know so much more about me than I do about them. Um, and you know, I guess that that's just something that I've had to sort of navigate. I I mean, I guess what I want to say is like, this is normal. (laughs) You know, this is, this is one of the things that I think people like about podcasts is because it's like, it's a very sort of like low risk friendship kind
0: Mm, of, Yeah, you
1: know, like you can, you can kind of just like feel like you're our friend, but with no obligation, (laughs)
0: like you don't have to show up for us. You don't have to show
1: up. Like (laughs) you don't have to listen to our problems. Like unless we talk about them on the podcast, like also if you want to stop being our friend, like you can stop which is mm. that is also that's like an interesting kind of uh aspect of parasocial relationships when and this has happened on both of my podcasts like when i've gotten very i don't want to say angry but sort of very like hurt emails from people who have decided that like something i said, you know, doesn't sit right with them and so now they're going to stop listening to the podcast and they they really feel like they need to let me know how much I have like betrayed them. And those emails here are always so interesting because it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, like we don't have, we don't actually have a relationship. Like you have a relationship with me, but I don't have one with you. And so it's, uh it's, it's just interesting to me how, people take the people take certain things very personally when it's not personal at all.
0: Yes. I've de- <laughs> I've definitely done that. Um yeah, and I think I think we do there is a relationship with listeners and that there is I mean one I do feel intimately involved in listeners' lives and that I do feel like people reach out to us with questions and concerns and comments and shares about their life that are very vulnerable and intimate. And it's important to me, and I'm going to speak for Dory here because I think also Dory, that we, that we treat that with like the respect and I'll say gravitas, but like the, with what it deserves. Right. Like I think we both do take seriously the kind of relationship that we have with this amorphous concept of listeners who we do intimately have gotten to know in certain ways. Like we've met some people, um, you know, interacted online with people. I I know it's different. I totally
1: agree. No, I totally agree. But like the, the balance is so out of whack. Like we are getting this very tiny sliver of someone's lives. Like whether it's a relationship issue or a friend, like whatever they have chosen to share with us usually once and they are hearing us three times a week in their ears talking about this stuff. So like, yeah, also there's so many more of them than there are of us. Like we can't be there for all of our listeners. We just can't, you know, it's very hard
0: for me as a uh, people pleaser. (laughs) Yes.
1: No. And I understand And that's why that, that, and that's why I bring it up, Kate, because like, oh yes, I don't, I think, I think we should care about our listeners and we do care about our listeners. And, you know, when they write to us with problems, like we want to help them, but I don't think it is advisable for us to become invested in our listeners in the same way that perhaps they get invested in us because that requires a level of like emotional, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Commitment. Commitment. Yes that is unrealistic for two people with thousands of listeners.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, the other thing I think too, is that like, just like we only learn certain things about listeners, like there are definitely things that you and I keep private. Totally. You know, that that's the other, I think, challenging thing about parasocial relationships from the perspective of the person who people are having one with is that I have given so much information. So it does feel like people know me, but then there's so much that they don't know. yeah. They don't know me in real totally. life. And I think that can be confusing. You know, like I, like, for example, I love listening to Busy Phillips's podcast. There have been times where I'm like, God, I just, I want to reach out to Busy and tell her blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know her. I listen. I hear all these things about her life, but like, I don't really know at all what's going on. And I think that's so confusing because even when we, we reveal so much of ourselves, there's still so much that is not talked about. And I think that's good boundary setting, right? Like I don't yes. want to talk about everything on this podcast slash you, it would probably be very boring for most people. I think this is such an interesting topic. I, I could talk about this for days and I, I don't think listener, like, you know, I don't think you should be embarrassed for asking it. It's a real question. It's interesting. I don't know. Dory any other thoughts before we take a break?
1: No, I don't have any other
0: thoughts. Great question. All right, well, we
1: should take a break.
0: okay. We'll be right back. All
1: right. We will be right back.
0: I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com/f35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com/f35. That's masterclass.com/f35. Kate, I feel like
1: we are like barreling into summer.
0: All right, uh, Dory, an email. After listening to your discussion on gender reveals, I thought you might be able to help with some questions I've been struggling with around my baby shower. As a background, my husband and I have been through three years of infertility, including multiple miscarriages and rounds of IVF. We are now lucky enough to be pregnant and finally in the second trimester. Even though it's still early, my family has started to ask about plans for a baby shower because we live about an hour flight away, so need some time to plan travel and such. It's wonderful and thoughtful that they want to throw us one, but we are still a bit nervous about the pregnancy and can't tell when we should have it. Additionally, I really hate the typical baby showers that are all women and the mother to be sits there opening gifts. I gave into that for my wedding shower, but really want this to be more about my husband and I together. My family is open to that, but having a hard time imagining it. Have you ever been to something like that? Any other ideas on how to make the shower less anxiety written and more of a low key celebration? I have been to baby showers with both partners for sure of all gender identities. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's totally doable. You know, it's hard to have to try to convince your family of something that is so obvious to you, but they quite can't wrap their head around. But if you feel like taking on, you know, kind of pushing them in this way, I think it's worth it. The other thing I think you could do is like, I don't think you have to have a baby shower. You could have a registry. I understand the feeling of feeling a little apprehensive. um, And I think you should do whatever makes you feel like emotionally safe right now. And if that's just having a registry and people buying you stuff off that registry, great. If that's saving the baby shower till when the baby is six months or one month or whatever, great. You know, you don't have to, these things that are ingrained at us as, as quote, tradition there, you don't have to do any of it if you don't want to.
2: Yeah. I mean, Kate threw me
1: my baby shower.
0: I'm not going to lie. It was a pretty good baby
1: shower. It was really fun. Um, it was like, The perfect mix of sort of like some traditional stuff, but mostly just like a bunch of friends hanging out and having brunch.
0: Yeah. And and that has been nice.
1: Yeah, it was really nice. I had people bring people brought books um, Mm -hmm. for Henry. And like what's been really fun, I will say, is like some of them were like real baby books that he read, you know, when he was a baby. But like some of them were for more like now. And mm-hmm. like one of them was this book that Kate gave us called Counting Our Way to Maine. I think Eleanor. Oh, I love that book. It. And she wrote like a really sweet like inscription in it. <laughs> I love it was that just, book. Like, oh. And it was like such a fun little discovery, you know, like three years, like I didn't remember yeah. who had given me each book. And so opening up the book and seeing like Eleanor's name in it and like, it was just like, oh, it's oh. so
2: sweet.
0: I love that. We might have given you our copy. And I think that was also a thing you said. You were you asked for books, but you were like, I don't care if it's used, new, you know? So I think that alleviated yeah, totally. the pressure of feeling like we had to buy, you know, that feeling of having yeah, so to spend uh, money is some stressful. Some of the people,
1: some people who were there who are, who had kids like Kate um, gave me like a couple of their kids' favorite books, which is so funny to me now with Henry because he... <laughs> He destroys his books. So if someone was like, you can just give us one of Henry's old books. I'd be like, I don't think so. (laughs) It's It's like, like the cover is like hanging on by a thread. There's like tape everywhere. Um, but yeah, that, so, you know, that's just, that's just an example of, um, something you can do at a baby shower that I think is like a little bit, not the totally traditional thing, but it is still people bringing you something and celebrating something that like, and then it it, like, like I said, like, it is really nice to like open a book because I don't, you know, be like, oh, where'd we get this book from? Oh my gosh, it's from like so-and-so. So yeah, it's really that, that was, that's been like really special.
0: I love that.
1: I don't know if we really answered your question, but those are my
0: thoughts. Stand up for yourself here. Do whatever, do what you want. And yes, like your, your instinct is right. Oh, they said any other ideas how to make it less anxiety written and more of a low-key celebration? Yeah, don't, I say no games, no present opening. I'll open the presents at home with my partner. I'm not sitting around being stared at as I open like a packet of socks, you know? You're in control here. Set those boundaries. Again, I will just
1: say, if you do the books thing it is fun to open the books in front of everyone because everyone has kind of a story about like the book they gave and it was really fun to like hear from people. I'm a a big fan of the the book idea.
0: That might scratch the itch too of like, um, accommodating the people who want you to sit there and open gifts, you know? Totally. Yes. Books. All right. Let's (laughs) uh, books. Let's read this next question. And then I think we can take a break. Okay.
1: Hi, Cat I'm a park ranger and have to wear a big, rigid, flat hat for work. Yeah, probably the one you're imagining. I have long, thin hair, and regardless of whether it's in a ponytail, braids, or loose, I always end up with a sizable knot forming in my hair where the hat touches at the back of my head. Some days even conditioning and gentle brushing can't get it out, and I truly can't afford to lose as much as I do. Any suggestions for preventing this problem in the first place? Thanks. And thanks for this podcast, which has been instrumental to my mental health over the last three years. I often drive long distances alone on wildlife surveys and I'm always so grateful for your company. Okay. Before we get to your actual question, this, this text is like one of the perfect examples of me being like, Oh my God, I love our listeners. Like how cool. We have a park ranger who goes on wildlife surveys. Who's like asking us for advice on their hair. Like, I love that, but I'm also like not going to get like super invested in their lives. You
0: know what I mean? I do. And also I just want to say they wear the Smokey the Bear hat, which I'm, I mean, obviously that's the park ranger hat that Smokey the Bear wears. A thousand percent. I'm obsessed with the fact that you have to wear that hat.
1: I have a suggestion that you might not like listener.
0: Is it get a haircut? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think your point.
1: hair. I think your hair is too um, thin. It sounds like your hair is too thin and weak for having it long, especially given that it is under a hat all day. I think you need to cut your hair.
0: Mm. What if they don't want to cut their hair? Here's here's my suggestion. I don't know if this will work. Have you tried a very low bun? Okay, and here's another kind of wackadoo. Have you tried a hairnet? Would the hairnet at all keep the hair protected from the hat?
2: Hmm.
0: Do we have anybody else who wears hats in their line of work that might have some thoughts? Because we, I mean, we've discussed that we wear sun hats, as we know. Dory is, and I'm on a mission wearing a baseball cap. Yeah, but not none that tangle our hair no matter what. This sounds really annoying, right. you know? This sounds very yeah. stressful.
1: Hence my suggestion to cut the hair. I because think I, think is, I think it is, I think they described their hair as long, thin hair. Yeah. And my fear is that, you know, as your hair gets longer, it gets weaker, If you, especially if you have thin hair, and you're going to lose more and more hair because it's too long. It's like yeah. you're... Like you, your your hair actually can't like support how long it is, and the hat situation is just kind of making it worse. So I, I'm really going to urge you to look into cutting
2: your hair because I think your hair will be healthier and happier.
0: Let us know what you decide, listener. We want to know. All right, Dory. uh, Another break, and then we come back. We're talking about houses that smell like dogs. All right, BRB. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad; they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness story. Mm, okay, which is okay. I know there's a bull on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, Oneskin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you.
2: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science?
0: We received an email a while back about how to get rid of a previous tenant's or owner's dog smell in a house. And we got some interesting responses. Uh, This voicemail shares a recommendation that multiple people sent in.
2: Hello, Kate and Dory. I am calling from my Boston hotel room where I'm quarantining because I have COVID. Um, I had to pause the pod and call in about the listener who has the smell in her new home from the pups who previously lived there. And before she rips up the carpet, something else to try is to get your air ducts cleaned. Because that, like so much hair and pollen and dust accumulates in there and attributes a lot to the, the smell. So I would get your air duct cleaner in there. But before and after pictures of air duct cleaning are always fascinating. And then also go to Target, I'm sure Costco has them, and get some of those um like charcoal charcoal bags that absorb the smell. Like you put them in the sun to activate them and they absorb scents. Um for example, my my husband had a car that the previous owner um was a smoker and you know, very it was, had the smoking smell, and he used those charcoal bags for a few months, and like it was magic; like it no longer had the smell. So, just two things to try before you take the the carpet up. Big goodbye.
0: Interesting. Hot tip. Thank you. Thank you, listener. Yeah. Wow. I knew charcoal was so powerful.
1: Um. Yeah, these are that that was a hot tip. Now, this next emailer kind of concurred with our advice based on their personal experience. Shall I read this? Yes, please, Dory. Hi, Dory Kate, and the poor woman who has leftover dog smell in her new home. My poorly adjusted Shih Tzu launched an assault of urine on our carpets after my husband mm-hmm. and I got married, and she had to move to a new home for the third time in her life. I honestly barely know, noticed the level of disgust, noseblind, until pregnancy rendered my sniffer super sensitive. Long story short, we scheduled professional carpet cleaners. The technician arrived and said, this won't work. You have to get new floors. So along with preparing for a new baby, we had to spend almost 10K on new pet proof, albeit be- beautiful, flooring. It's not a great solution, but I think you're both right. It is the solution. And I have a feeling if they invest in the floors, they'll not only like the smell, but also the look much more in their new home.
0: So bad news, you need new floors.
1: Yeah, I mean this is this was my takeaway from that that question. We're very sorry. We hate to do this sorry. to you. Yeah, but, but maybe you need think, new floors. I think it's never truly gonna go away until you get new floors and, and, yeah. and paint,
0: as I had said previously. Oh yeah. So, so I guess ducks and floors. Ducts and floors. Ducts and floors.
1: Well, Kate, what a, what a great is, title for this
0: episode, Dory. Ducks, ducks and floors, and floors.
1: Yeah, um, we've really, we've really run the gamut here. I appreciate you. I appreciate our listeners.
0: Same. All right. Bye, Ta-ta. everyone.